0: Hello and welcome to the Delco Skate Park Coalition podcast. The Delco Skate Park Coalition is a nonprofit organization of skate enthusiasts, parents, and disability rights advocates looking to build adaptive and inclusive skate parks in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Aaron Lopez, and we are the podcast that covers all things about skateboarding, skate parks, and not just skate parks, but ADA, accessible, adaptive all wheels, and inclusive skate parks in Delco and beyond. <laughs> by Chris Byrne. Chris is a skateboarder and screen print artist, and Chris is an OGE Delco skater. He's originally from Delaware County and was a contributor and editor for the Atomic Zine, Delaware County's original skateboard magazine. Welcome, Chris. Oh, Thank you for having me. So, Chris, you know, tell me about, like, where you're from in Delaware County, and when did you get your first skateboard?
1: Okay, so I'm from the borough of Yadin. Um, it is the farthest part of southeastern Delaware County before you get into west philadelphia and southwest philadelphia so at the luxury of being able to skate philly but also have all Delaware county to um to ride so it was nice um got my first board when i was 12 um, i had been playing organized ice hockey since i was six uh, about 12 years old a kid had moved up from florida and um he was a surfer and at practice in the parking lot things like that he'd be pushing around on the skateboard. Now I've seen skateboards before, plastic ones, you know. But this was big and it had character, big bones wheels. And I can just remember, like I'm kind I'm kind of intrigued with this. I'm trying to, you know. So we talked a little bit, and he had a he had like two, and he's like, go take it, you know. So I can just so remember. He had an extra
0: board, and he was just like, yeah. here, have it.
1: And, and I can remember going home, and I kid you not. Uh, I don't, the streetlights came on. I don't think I slept because it just, it it just felt like that's what I wanted to do, you know? And from that point on, uh, hockey took a backseat and skateboarding was driving.
0: That's cool. So the first time you got out on a board, something like really clicked with you and you were like, this is, this is what I need to do.
1: Yeah. And you hear stories of that, you know, like seeing that guitar player and going, that's what I want to do with my life. But I can remember that I had goosebumps shoot up from the grip tape to the top of my skull. Like just this is this is it this is what I want to do.
0: Yeah, and then after that you're like living and breathing skateboarding throughout your your teen years, your adolescent years, right?
1: I don't think I was ever away from it for two or three hours. I mean, with, besides school, and but um, it's just I was just so focused on doing it. it. It just it was such a it was such a rush, yeah. And uh, the camaraderie and um, you know it, it just it was just perfect at that time for me.
0: So speaking of the camaraderie, like you made a lot of friends through skateboarding, but there was like a core group of you, right, that got together and decided that you wanted to see skateboarding have like a, a bigger role in Delaware County. Like you, you started thinking about, hey, this could be bigger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was, um, I'd have to skate. There was a, uh, we used to skate behind a Seven Eleven. It was called the Bus Yard in Lansdowne. And I'd have to skate. Up Baltimore Pike and go through East Lansdowne, and that's where I met the guys from the Zine. You know, we kind of would talk a little about skateboarding, and you know, here's an idea. Why don't we do this? We, you know, what can we do to highlight Delaware County, our part of Delaware County? Because we wanted to be, we wanted it to be seen, and and we wanted to be, you know, a player in in it and in the industry. And um, like Thrasher was our Bible, and we figured this would be a, a, a great chance, maybe put together a pamphlet Zine throw it in skate shops bike shops hobby shops what, what supermarkets anywhere and you know you, you get to see the these guys who these kids that are out there you know skating and now they're in, in magazines they're getting a little publicity and things like that so just just to show where we were from and and you know what we could do
0: was there anything like that like what like what year are we talking about? like the late 80s right 1985
1: 85.
0: 85. Mm-hmm. Was there anything like that happening in Delaware County at all in 1985?
1: There was pockets of it, and uh, I think what what our goal kind of was to try to bring everybody together. There was another magazine. I will say this called Styling Zine, and not to throw any shade on them, but they had and everything's great around now. But they had a lot on bikes. You know, we just we wanted to just be a skateboard magazine. You know, so it's like we did that um, kind of just like at the time just, just kind of just like say hey you know what we have a, we have our say too we have a voice too you know let's let's show our part of, of Delaware county and and you know be seen so
0: what was happening kind of you know because i think a lot of people who are who are new to the skate scene do not remember the you know kind of pre 1999 pre x games sort of scene like what was it like to to be a skater in 1985 in Delaware county
1: it was uh well it wasn't the best thing to be in the public view, you know, and it was uh, there was a lot of struggles. Um, there was uh, bullying, um, things, things of that nature, because nobody really understood it. You know, we didn't care. We, yeah. It did not bother us at all. It, it was something that we had our group, we had our crew, and we're just gonna go skate. You know, and um, but, you know, there was there was definitely some uh, some, and I think too, when I think about it more, is that you had to have very thick skin to be a skateboarder at that time, and unfortunately, we had a lot of kids, and some kids dropped off because of that, you know, that, you know, I, I tell the story, if I can, I mean, I'm skating down Lansdowne Avenue, and I used to get all kinds of stuff thrown out of cars at me, bottles, cans, all kinds of stuff, and this one particular time, um, I I get hit with something right between my shoulder blades, like, what is that? Now, my board goes off in the lawn, I look back on the sidewalk, and it's a baby doll, one of those old school with the face and it's hard plastic
0: so you're skating down Lansdowne avenue and someone and throws, somebody a baby throws a doll. baby doll yeah. at you
1: and i can remember like i wasn't in the confrontation but i was kind of fed up at that point with it so i chase the car i'm skating after this car i go after the car i, I cut behind he's stuck at a light it's light 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 on Lansdowne avenue and i cruise behind and i go up to the passenger uh passenger window and i'm like what i'm holding the baby doll by the light what is this you know and it's a guy in his 30s and he's like oh, uh, one of my kids wants to thrown it out the window. The kicker is there was, no, there was no kids in the car. It was just like, you So know. this
0: is a fully adult person yes, yes. who should totally know better. Right. He drives by you yeah. and throws something at yeah, you because yeah. you're skateboarding. I mean, and that,
1: me. that's a story that happened to a lot of kids at the time, you know. So we had to, you know, we had to go through all that to, you know. kind of like laid a foundation that you know we're we're still going to be here we're not going anywhere
0: so you had to have like total like resilience and resolve if you were going to be a skater in Delaware County in the 80s did that influence some of you know your resolve to like get the atomic zine going
1: yes that was definitely um one of the reasons why because we we really we had ideas and we felt like let's be heard through the zine you know, let's, let's take pictures of all these kids out there just working so hard skateboarding, you know. And, uh, you know, write some articles, get some interviews, and just with local people. You know, I mean, it got bigger as it went on. But in the beginning, we just, like, we had contests. We had a spring contest. We had a winter contest. And um, we'd have to write companies to get product so we could, get you know, give out for first place, second place, third place. And nobody was really doing that. I mean, there, there, we were just doing that on our own because – it was great to get the whole community together like that. That's how we did it by contest, you know. And it all came through the magazine, you know. There were there was people reading this, going, "Okay, Atomic's having a contest. I got to practice a little harder. I want to get one of these prizes," you know. So, so it was good. So, so
0: let's kind of like think about the beginning of like Atomic. Like, how old are you guys when you put this together?
1: Okay, so I was I was the I was the eldest. I was seventeen, you know, and you're asking kids who are 14 and 15 and to meet a deadline you know uh, right. so there were six of us it was myself Jason LaMonica, Jason butter uh, Pat Vaughn, Neil Hermanson and Steve Lanciano they were we were the we were atomic and um, these kids that were 14 I remember Steve was the artist and he had to draw some stuff that you see here and, and Jason's like Jason with the Jason LaMonica was the ringleader of it all we got to get this done like, we just wanted to skate, you know, and, and I was taking pictures a lot. And uh, it was just like how it came together was just amazing that we were that young and doing that.
0: It is really amazing. And you guys are really focused. So, you know, I'm looking at one of your issues of Atomic Age right here um, that has survived all this time. And, you know, I, I think that one of the cool things that I'm looking at is just how organized it is. Mm. Like, you guys are teenagers mm. and you've got a clear cover, like there's some graphic art on the cover, there's really good articles, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about like kind of how you guys put this together. So starting with the photography, Mm -hmm. right? So you were the photographer. I was. What kind of camera were you, because these pictures that you you add in, like you're clearly looking to get angles Mm -hmm. that are tough to get. Like you're underneath some skaters in some of these, Mm -hmm. like you're under the ramp. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about like, what what that was what you were shooting how you were doing it and everything, how you were developing it
1: everything came from Thrasher and Transworld I would see these photos and and I was just very interested in it my father we had a 35 millimeter Minolta and my father took pictures he would go to the racetrack take pictures of um, Indy he was really into indie cars and Formula One so he was able to catch these cars where it looked like they were stopped going 100 miles an hour so he you know, he show showed me some things here and there or whatever, and, but I just really just picked it up because I could see the trick coming, and then snap. And uh, nowadays with technology, you can just take some, as many pictures as you want on your phone. Or we had to like wait to make sure I got those shots. And if I didn't get the shot right, Jason was riding my ass about it because <laughs> it was like, you know, what happened? That wasn't the trick, you know. That, I'm like, all right, well, let's go back and do it again, you know. So and I had a little dark room, uh, clothes hangers. The dish, and I, and I was developing a lot of them in the basement of my house. And uh, So you're so, speaking
0: to like the pain of actually shooting with a 35 millimeter film camera, which is, you know, today you take a shot and you can look right away and mm-hmm. see if it's good or not. You've got one chance, one one event, and you just hope that the pictures that you're taking are going to be good,
1: Yeah. right? It, yeah, I mean, that, that photo right there, I know they can't see it, but that's of my buddy Jerome Knight, and... I know Jason was upset that I didn't get his head into it. So but, this is
0: a picture of uh, a fellow who's going up off a ramp. Right.
1: We would build those launch ramps.
0: And he's in the air. Yeah. He's yeah. like completely yeah. in yeah. the air.
1: And and I didn't get the head. So it's like Jason <laughs> get half like, the like, I don't know if that one's going to make it in the magazine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying.
0: <laughs> but it's still like just this really cool photo. And I think that's the thing that you really speaks about all of these photos is that your, your angle, you're seeing it you're seeing it before it happens almost and that you are catching these are like these are shots that are very action based mm-hmm. like they're they're happening in the moment and um, you know these are the these are the shots that you're going to put in the zine
1: yes yeah and and you had to the timing was, was had to be perfect for, for the picture because it's like I'd have to so if they were coming up the ramp to a smith grind I would get ready to click when they're just going up the wall not into the trick yet just going up to the wall and then I just close my eyes <laughs> <laughs> Hope like for the best. Sometimes, yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so, you know, when you were like going through all of your photos, and you're in the dark room, let's say you got one that you're like, okay, this is a really good shot. And I noticed that some of these pictures you're taking them at night.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: And so, tell me about your process for like choosing the photos, and you know, kind of how you're developing them. Are you are you you know burning and dodging on the development process? Are you taking shots that you blowing them up or?
1: Well. So we had a, a, some different flashes, too, which was nice with the camera. It worked pretty well with that. But I tried to always have at least some kind of light from a parking lot. or And, yeah, I, I would just – it would be burned. Everything would be, at, like, in the dishes. And it would have to – like I think if I remember correctly, I had to really pay attention to the night pictures a little bit more than yeah. the day pictures, you know. So And just, like, like I said, just kind of just hope for the best with a lot of them. But I would always – the flash would have to be a certain way. I was always holding the camera, too. There was no tripod or anything like that. So I was, But I'd always try to get a light from the parking lot if we we're in a parking lot or a supermarket, you know, th- something like that, just to, just to aid to the picture a little bit there.
0: So you get all the photos, and then you start to think about, you know, the layout of the, of the zine mm-hmm. and the stories. And I have to say, one of the things that really stuck out for me when I was looking at these old issues of the zine is that your original copy is all typed with a manual typewriter like there's no word processor this is just a typewriter like from back in the day and i don't think anybody under 50 can really appreciate the pain of typing with a manual typewriter
1: it was it was a process and it was you know and like these kids are younger and school projects we weren't typing, but from the atomic age. We were taking our time to get it right. <laughs> I love so, that. So,
0: so you're not going to type a paper for school, but you guys like there. There's like a ton of yeah. just hard work in typing out these original stories that you guys typed.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and just there too is it's that was a local band, Gothic Past. We would try to get hide like the local bands, too, because we're in the music as well. So it's like we would throw them a bone. And they'd be in the magazine and it'd be cool. They played a lot at Swarthmore College. They're a good band. And we're like, let's let's get them in the zine. And I, I'm sure, you know, I don't know where these guys are now, but I'm sure it made a difference at the time to be in the magazine. A little publicity there.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, as as I looked at, you know, how you guys laid out the typeset, and one of the things I see is that there's some liquid paper on here, yeah. and it's another thing where I don't think people really appreciate. Like, if you made a mistake with a manual yes. typewriter,
1: you were hosed. It, it, exactly, and then you, you have to wait for it to dry, <laughs> and then maybe type over again or or pencil in the C yeah. that shouldn't be there. You know, so yeah, it was. I don't think a lot of was people tedious. can
0: remember the pain of like you put too much liquid paper on; it's not completely dry. You hit the key. It goes on it, and you get this messy goo on You get on the goo, and you
1: also get that annoying sound. Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting in an apartment trying to get this together.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> and so there's a ton of work that goes into this, and yet the writing is great. So, you know, I just want to read a little bit of this, of, um, you know, this article that you guys wrote about. This is your article that you wrote about Gothic past. Yeah, friends of mine. So... I could just say, um, let's bring these five musicians out of their gothic past and into the atomic age. Oh, you shouldn't be fooled. They're not another hardcore punk band. But what is punk these days, their influences are such. R.E.M., The Godfathers, The Jam, The Cure. Oh, but don't think they're just uh, another sellout cover band. I mean, you guys are really thinking about, like, you know, how they fit in with the music scene that's out there. You're comparing them to bigger bands. So, like, you're thinking a lot about what you're writing.
1: Absolutely, and, and the thing about that, too, is, you know, if they wanted to get a record label, they could send the autom- they could send that atomic. It's just another, you know, something written about them that, you know, the, the, the record company, if they wanted to do go that way at the time, could see, you know. There's somebody listening to our stuff. There's somebody writing about it, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Just help
1: them out, you know.
0: That's really cool. When you guys got your layout together, you know because it's i'm looking at this original there's like original pictures in it there's your original type then you had to think about distribution mm. so what was it like in the 80s to try to take a, a hard copy zine like this and then you said you were bringing it to skate shops yeah. and like what what did that look like
1: at the time uh, there was there was fairment it was in prospect park and uh Dave was, was good to us. I mean, we had to shake the door down a little bit to get the money for the co- some of the back covers that he would put on there. But um, he would stack them in there. It was fine. There was a place called The Bazaar, and it had an allied hobby shop. The guy was nice. We could put him in there. But otherwise, we're sneaking him in places. Like, we're just bringing him in, and we're putting them like on the library ledge or you know at a supermarket or just you know wh- wherever we could i mean we were at some points driving around in our in, in, in my volkswagen bug just throwing them out the window and <laughs> seeing them land on people's um front steps like they get out in the morning get the paper what's this, what's you know? this? so that's you
0: know, yeah. really cool okay so you had to be because there's no printers back then right so no. you don't have a way to just print this no so no. how did you get extra copies
1: we would go to the Lansdowne or Yaden Library, and we would stand in line and put the coins in the Xerox machine and probably be there for like an hour. Right? All these people oh who are God. working on their papers or have business documents that they have to Xerox are patiently <laughs> and impatiently waiting in line to use the Xerox machine. There's two in the Lansdowne Library, so we would just get in there and cruise in there and do as many as we could. The other thing is Jason LaMonica and my mom worked together at Fitzgerald Mercy Hospital. Jason's mom, Joanne, would do Xerox the magazine on her lunch break.
0: Oh, God love
1: her. That's uh, so cool. Wonderful, wonderful. Because Jason was, they were mother and, and, and son. They were brother and sister. And Jason would ride her, you got it, come on, mommy, you got it, dude. Yeah. Jason, I only have a half hour for lunch. <laughs> so Copying, making copies of all this damn stuff. That's
0: so funny. <laughs> so if you guys had to go to the Yaden Library to like, mm-hmm. make copies of the atomic scene, like the dedication that just go- went into this, and you guys are teenagers, but like the dedication in terms of the photography and the writing the articles, getting them typed, you know, pushing other people out of line at the yaden Library, mm-hmm. the amount of nickels and dimes that had to be in your pocket to yeah. like make all of these copies yeah. and then get them distributed. like There's so much work here.
1: It is, and I, I can remember skating to the library with seven more pounds on me and <laughs> couldn't wait to unload those coins. So when I skated <laughs> home, I was a lot lighter. <laughs> but uh, And we, we'd be in Jason's uh, He had an apartment with his mom in East Lansdowne, and it was an upstairs apartment. And we would be sitting at a table, and all the pages would be laid out. And each one of us would take it and take a pile and start putting the magazine together, stapling it, doing all that kind of stuff. So we did it as a team. You know, that's why it was team atomic. That's
0: that's you know. so cool. Was, you guys had a skate team as well. Yes,
1: we did. So yes. tell
0: me a little bit about the skate team. Who was involved? And... It,
1: it was it was all five of the guys that worked six six of us who worked for the worked at the magazine. And um, what we tried to do was we would we did little demos for the kids in the neighborhood kind of thing, you know, just to get started. And um, just, like, kind of just – we'd print our own T-shirts, Team Atomic. We, we just really had that feel of, like, the Zephyr team kind of thing was doing. Yeah. Like, you know, just, just uh, kind of more organized and, you know, so put it clean, I guess, with the way it looked. But, um, but we yeah, it just was uh, – we figured if we're doing this all together with the magazine, let's have a team and we can go off and – and then other – other kids in Delaware County started starting their teams. There was Team Ass Hairs. There was um, Team Vomit. Like, I can remember just because the Atomic Age or Team Atomic, everybody's like, well, they have their team. We're going to have ours too. It wasn't like a competition, but it was kind of like, uh, you know, let, let's let's get our crew and call it a team instead of just hanging out as friends. You know, so.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So you guys had like a purpose with that too and and it sounds like you sprung off like hey if if Team Atomic can do this we can get more teams and yeah. people started following your lead they did
1: they did so it was and and we pretty much got along with everybody else you know there was some riffs here and there but I mean it was just nice to have you know there was a, that camaraderie I was about skateboarding it, it was like very inclusive like everybody wanted to be a part of it everybody wanted to be around it and we would reach out to these other teams hey you know We'll put you in the magazine. Come skate uh, at the bus yard or whatever. Come, we'll take some pictures. And so there wasn't any kind of friction there with that kind of stuff. It was. We knew we were a small group, and we didn't want it to get any smaller. So we're trying to bring everybody else into. uh, And that was the other purpose of the magazine. You know, show Delaware County.
0: That is so cool. So you're thinking of like making this inclusive, bringing more people in, Mm. um, and kind of building the skateboard scene. And you guys are doing that from such a young age. Yeah. Yeah, Which absolutely, is really cool.
1: absolutely. Because I mean, like Thrasher, the, as Thrasher is the Bible. We saw those guys, and we were just like, "We want, we want this. We want to be southeastern Delaware County. We, um, team Powell Peralta team. You know, we we saw all these ads and everything. We we really wanted it for us.
0: That's really cool. And then when you did these contests, um, like because there's the one, the eat the street contest, mm-hmm. right? So I'm looking at a flyer here. Um, it looks like you guys probably made this flyer.
1: Yeah, that yes, yeah, yes.
0: So it, it almost looks like there's a little bit of this that looks like a ransom note That's, kind of. A, <laughs> was we would intention? like to do
1: that stuff. We would cut up um, the newspaper and put you know put the letters in different places like old punk rock font and everything like that. Yeah, so just catch catch somebody's eye with it, you know.
0: Yeah, totally. And so it looks like you guys would have these contests. you t- kind of talk about how you can get in touch with somebody to like sign up, and then mm. when you would have them. You know, what would turnout be like? What, what would be kind of the, the process for the day?
1: The turnout was amazing. Like, it, and it wasn't just skateboarders. It was people walking by who wanted to see what was going on. And it, it was a lot because we had to build the ramps. And we only had so many spaces that we could put them if we were allowed. So we, it was parking lots or behind a school or something like that. I mean, we worked details out a little bit with, with the people. But pretty much it was just in the magazine, hush, hush, show up that day and what and we're gonna have we're gonna have a contest kind of thing so but just just putting the ramps together um, getting the, the the prizes for the contest we had to write companies you know and say hey we're having this contest and they were like, it's BS. you're just gonna take this stuff and, and use it for yourself but um, with everything we get shipped to, to Jason's apartment and we would sit there and, and divvy everything up so if we had like two three contests maybe a a year um, here's first place for this contest here's second place here's some wheels for third here's some bearings and so it, even being at that young age, it's easy we could have just taken that stuff and just not, you know, and gave somebody a T-shirt for first place. But we're, we're so, like, stoked on let's get this together. Let's, you know, it's going to be one day of everybody just hanging out and um, competing, you know, and, and pushing each other. And uh, so, that you know, it, it was great for that reason that we were able to do that.
0: So I'm so impressed because you guys are like, you know, again, you're, you're teenagers mm-hmm. at the time that you're doing this. And you have the foresight to say, we want to have a contest. We want to build the scene in Delaware County. You're writing to, you know, uh, companies. You're getting these, you know, donations for mm-hmm. prizes. And you're managing it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we had, we did, we got hooked up with uh, this guy, Bob Schmelzer. And he was awesome. He, he, he was he was a Madrid skater, uh, long, like maybe in the early 80s. He started a company called Circle A Skateboards. And um, he introduced us to all these companies in the West. He, he got, he knew a lot of people. So like, I think they were so surprised that this was happening on the East coast. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, I was tellster, I go to a, a thing in Palm Springs called the Elgato classic. Um, when, when it happened. So I've been there a few years. I go out there and I meet people and they're like, I didn't know that there was a scene like that, you know? And, and, and so you know, like a lot of people I've met through, through traveling, going to the West coast or, and telling them about the atomic age, they're just like wow you know you guys really had a lot you had a lot going on you know so, so it was it was great that way but that guy Bob Schmelcher, he was awesome he was really awesome to us and he he put us in contact with a lot of people so we got a lot of really really and that was a thing i think these kids that were coming these contests they wanted to, to to get first or second place cuz they wanted this, this merch you know so
0: they were really motivated so i you know and when you look at your photos of some of these contests first the ramps that you guys built mm-hmm like they're they're legit ramps for the time right you guys spent a lot of time building those ramps yeah
1: none of us were had any had any idea how to do it you know like we, it, there was maybe a like a to do and how to do in a, in a thrash or a trans world or whatever and we worked off that but it was kind of just like us <laughs> that's fine <laughs> i can remember the story now we were building one of the ramps for for uh for for a contest and it was just a uh, launch ramp and um <laughs> we were not good at this but we were trying our best to get it right. My dad had some tools. We were get, picking up tools here and there and we're fi- I, I, was, I had to go upstairs to get some something to drink or whatever and Jason's out back. He's. We're building this ramp and apparently the nail was sticking like four inches out of it and he hit it and the nail stuck. <laughs> he comes running upstairs he's like, what's going on? Should I pull this out? Oh God, oh God. he's
0: got a nail stuck it's in, stuck his, in head. his
1: head. <laughs> like that's how, like we didn't know what we were doing, but through trial and error and DIY, we, we figured it out, you know, and, and everybody had a great time with us at, at those contests because the stuff there was good. The stuff was rideable, you know, it was new, it was fresh. So, uh, that was, that was fun, though, to do yeah, that. Yeah,
0: the pictures tell the story. Yeah, yeah, totally. They don't tell the story about the nail in the no, head. No, That's no, pretty no, impressive. No, that was... But they tell the story about, like, so you guys, you, you put the ramps together, and you can tell these kids that came out, they were working on their game. They were really, really trying hard to win the yeah. contest. And these pictures are amazing. And, That's and, where some of the pictures that you get, like, you can really see, like, you're working pretty hard.
1: And one day, too. We had one day with those ramps. And so, you know, you think about it, but... It's like we couldn't leave the ramps there. We couldn't keep going back. This was not a skate park. This was just a setup for a contest, you know. So everybody had to get really familiar with them in practice, be able to ride them, then figure out their runs and their lines and things like that. So it was pretty innovative at the time.
0: Yeah. So what I think it really says about you guys is just like how totally committed you were to creating this scene. So you've got the zine, you've got the contest, you guys are- The team, yeah, yeah. So you're working together all the time, pretty much. Yes. So tell me about, like, the friendship that kind of grew out of this.
1: Uh, well, it, it's – at the time, we were we were super focused on getting the zine done, and, and it was a lot of work. And I think we also missed some time skateboarding because we were, we were working on this, which, you know, we tried to do as much work as we could on the zine in the, in the winter when conditions weren't that good, you know. So, um, but the friendship, it was great. We hung out. We were together all the time. I mean, I was with these guys more than I was with my family, Um, you know. So it was just at that time from 85 to to the early 90s, it was constant with these guys, constant, you know, so. so.
0: When um, you guys did get out to skate, it wasn't always easy. And I'm looking at um, one of the things that you and Jason did. So you guys are like, on to skate the Dust Bowl and you're there like not even five minutes and I wasn't sure if this is something that you guys put in the zine but you recorded it because it looked like you were so pissed off about this day you go there to skate and you're not even five minutes and the police come and you get a citation.
1: Right. Here's the thing it took a while to get to the Dust Bowl from from Dower <laughs> County and we got there and it's it's a cool place it's it's a big ditch you know and
0: um, now when you get there like you guys are teenagers right how, how do you actually get there
1: I was driving at the time so and we got out it was it was a really difficult place to find it was, there was highways all over the place and um, we got out we put our backpack and our boards down and out of the bushes came the
0: police it was almost like we didn't get to
1: ride it that's why i pissed (laughs) off.
0: (laughs) so there's a picture of chris and he's in the dust bowl and it's like this concrete area it looks like it's kind of a runoff like water runoff Mm -hmm. ditch which these are sometimes some of the best places to skate and there's you know there's a lot of graffiti and you know there's clearly a place to skate so police are probably hanging out there just looking for people and you're standing in the middle of the dust bowl and You have this look on your face, like you are just like so angry, and like this is like so bogus. And you're holding the the citation in like the middle of your chest, and your your hand is up, like damn it. Um, And this, you guys are both like. uh, You have another picture. Is that Jason (laughs) there? That's Jason in jail, (laughs) where he's sort of like you know, drawing a jail around himself. Yeah, 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 He's like really, you know, he's like smiling, but you're definitely not smiling.
1: We. I could not wait to skate. I could not wait to skate that place. It was like it was just. It was right there on my list of I gotta do this. And like when the police came out, there's two of them, and they were just like, "Listen, guys, you can't do this." And okay, okay, we weren't trouble with with them or anything but we we're just you know the one it was good cop bad cop there's an older cop and he just was not having it he's like i'm going through your bags i'm just th- all this stuff we're tired of these kids coming here skateboarding and, like, and why don't you build us a park then <laughs> That'll yeah. That'll, right so so we're just whatever so the younger cop was was he's like just go to car you know i'll take care of it we got the citations and he the policeman took that picture the policeman, because yeah. <laughs> oh Jason was so angry, and he was stomping off to my car, and I was like, "Do me a favor, I'll just take this picture of me holding the citation." He's like, "That's pretty funny, okay?"
0: <laughs> so the policeman takes the picture yeah. that's here. Yeah. That yeah. is funny, and so you guys you get your bags searched because yeah. you're there, and right. like, what do they find in the bag? They and found
1: Jason had Tylenol, and the the older cop was like, "I'm taking this to the lab. You guys are gonna have to get in the car. You're gonna have to stay." Until we figure out what's in this Tylenol,
0: and I'm like, look,
1: and I'm straight edge, and I'm like, I don't touch any of this stuff, like I, you know, and the young, we we talked a little to the young cop. we kind of talked him away from that, so, but yeah, threw the bags and they dumped everything out. You know, we just like, so they it, really give you a hard time, they did. And we had, I like, we, there wasn't skate tools then. We had like rent, we had to bring a wrench for our trucks or our wheels or whatever. And they confiscated the wrenches that we had, which were probably my dad's tools now. I think about it, yeah. But you know, so they took that stuff, so they didn't want anybody hit, hit us hitting anybody with them, like, we were gonna do that. But we told them it's just for you know, this is the kind of things that happen, though, yeah, you know. So.
0: And I think, you know, that's the thing where it's like you don't have a place to skate. There's, there's no place in Delaware County at that time to skate. And you guys are trying to create the scene. And it sounds like, you know, based on some of the stuff that Jason is writing at the time for the Atomic Zine, like his focus is actually having safe places to skate so that stuff like this doesn't happen.
1: Exactly. And so we had this, Dust ball was far. There was a Magic Skate Park in Reading. There was a indoor park in Lansdale. Yeah, we and it was far for us. We, we we wanted something that was around the corner, you know, that we could and and we if we would have had the horses, that was the next step. Um, to was to get somewhere where we can go. Nobody would bother us. It was for us. Yeah, you know, like we're not skating on the street. We don't want to get hit by cars anymore. Like we, you know, we we want to have a. Place we don't want to get
0: baby dolls thrown, thrown at, at us. No, right? none yeah. of
1: that stuff anymore. We we want a place where we can go and hone our skills and be around the other skaters. And and it was just you know. That was the idea at the time. Skateboarding took a turn in, in the early 90s for us. So.
0: Yeah, so skateboarding takes a turn in the early 90s. And, you know, is that at the point where um, you guys are going to college and moving on?
1: A lot of the guys found other things. That, like I know it was me and Jason, and Jason was kind of, you know, not into it as much. And it was one of them things where I just had to go – I don't think these guys are going to stick with it that much anymore. The zine's probably not going to be around. Our last issue was a full issue, um, but I, I I had to keep. I did I was not stopping. So yeah. yeah.
0: You know, one of the coolest things that comes out of the work you guys did together, and you got to like unpack this a little bit and mm-hmm. tell me how this happened, is there's a point where. I think you're following kind of the Bones Brigade yeah. or, yeah, and there's there's an interview that happens with Tony Hawk.
1: Yeah, you know that guy?
0: <laughs> so, so one of the things that I love is, you know, this is an interview where you guys, again, the typewriter comes back yeah. in, right? You type all your questions yeah. up for Tony and... There's no fewer than a hundred and ten. So if you can tell me, like, what can you guys go there in this interview with Tony? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just like a couple of questions about skateboarding. Like you're asking him about reincarnation and like existential stuff. So how did that happen? How did this all come together?
1: We okay. so Bones Brigade were doing a tour. Uh, in Prospect Park. they And it was it was huge. Like it was a big concert. They came with a trailer with a, a folded up mini ramp and it was all the guys from PAL. And that day at that park in Prospect Park it was packed. I mean Tony's all he's bigger than life but he was a rock star at that time. So we were going to this concert. We were trying to figure a way to get backstage. We had maybe 350 questions. We had to cut them down to like oh 110. And we all it was Kate every question comes from a different part of the atomic of Team Atomic, everybody had.
0: Did you guys sit down together and like? Think we did about, it separately,
1: yeah, like, and put it together. You know, everybody okay. kind of wanted their own space to kind of figure out what they would ask Tony Hawk. You know, I know some of the questions I had in there were more skateboard driven. You know, yeah. And we had Steve, who was a little aloof, and he had some of the reincarnation, <laughs> reincarnation questions. Jason probably wanted to know about the business. You know, so yeah, it, it was. So that day, we're there and. um we're trying to. We have the folder, and we're trying to get it to him. And he, we could get not nowhere near him at all. And so you
0: have this folder that contains like the printed, typewritten the, questions, all one hundred ten the, of them. And you're like, we're going to. Jason find is tonight. carrying
1: that around the content, the, the uh, demo, to see if he can get it to anybody. So we're like, man. So we had plan A, B, C, D, all the way down the line to figure out how to get this this interview to Tony Hawk. And we, it was the end of the day, and. We couldn't get near him. He was shoved in a van and rushed off. Um, so we, they had discarded a ramp, a launch ramp. It was, wasn't was up to their quality. They left it there. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to go skate a ramp that the Pones Brigade was skating on. So I kind of went off. Jason starts talking to this guy. So I'm, whatever, I'm done. We're going back to the car. He doesn't have the folder. And I'm go, Jay, where's the folder? The Tony Hawk interview. He's like, I gave it to that guy right there. And this guy had no judgment, but had long hair, sandals. And I went, you gave our interview to that hippie? <laughs> and he's like...
0: We're never going to see it again. He yeah.
1: said, he, I, I shit you not, he said to me this. He said, Chris, he's not a hippie. He's a ramp technician. Oh Here this God. guy was super... In the, He built the, all kinds of ramps and pools uh, for people in California. Now, I was only skating that little jump ramp for like 15 minutes, but Jason got this guy's life story in 15 minutes. And he could talk. He could talk to people and he could persuade people to do things. So... The guy said, "Look, I'll do my best to try to get the the, the envelope to uh, to Tony," and
0: so Jason's talking up this ramp technician. Yeah. who Jason's using his like really good social skills mm-hmm. gets him to like say. I'm going to take your interview yeah. and I'll give it to Tony for
1: yeah. you. And he's, he, the, I think part of the deal was too, like he, this guy w- had blueprints for things that he, if he sent us, we'd put in the magazine to show kids how to build ramps and everything like that. That was, that was what, that was a part of it. That's so, cool. Yeah. So you
0: use like the magazine connection yeah. to kind of like, yeah. that was and, your we didn't,
1: we, we had Jason said, he, he's telling this guy, we don't really know what we're doing. Can you help us out? We kind of had an idea at that time because I was 89, but, um, so it was kind of like him trying to grease the wheels a little bit, you know, with this guy. So he got it to him. So the next day, we're skating back to the bus yard. We're at the bus yard. And Jason comes up, and he's like, the hippie got Tony the interview." <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I'm sitting on my board, drinking some water. And I'm like, you mean the ramp techn- technician? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ah. and I'm like, oh, man. So I think it was a month. Four weeks later, it came back to us. And he filled out every question on that.
0: So how did it get back to you guys a month later?
1: We had the return address on it. he mailed it he, Tony Hawk actually mailed it to Jason's apartment.
0: So how stoked were you guys it, when the mail comes and it's the Tony Hawk interview totally completed. Yeah, you still get yeah, yeah you still goosebumps. Get chills. I
1: mean it was uh, it, it, it was everything because we were, were trying to get away from the pamphlet scenes and, and do a bigger version of the magazine. something like a big brother, a Thresher, like anything like that. Uh, more pages, more pictures, big, cleaner, bigger. Uh, this was going to push it Yeah, you know, over the top, this interview, because it was that important.
0: So this interview is totally amazing. So what I love about it is that you have 110 questions. There's not a whole lot of space in between. And Tony handwrites the answer to every single question. And his answers are like, really authentic like oh, yeah. he's, he's yeah. like just telling you how he thinks like so for example one of my favorites is number 68 do you believe in life after death and his tony's answer is i've had no first-hand proof <laughs> which is great
1: which is pretty spot on there
0: and then he's like I, how do you how do you feel about reincarnation you know and he's like i don't know and then there's you know a bunch of other questions that are really kind of more like you know who do you skate with and He's Joe, Ray Underhill, Chris Black, Ted, Kevin Stube, you know, and a bunch of Chet, you know, friends that, like, he's skating with. Like, he's telling yeah. you kind of who's in his crew. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and he, and he um, I get like, the 2017, when I went to that event in Palm Springs, I had, I did the VIP where you could have dinner with these skaters, Hosoi, and I'm with these, our uh, dress, and all these guys that were on my wall, you know, it was awesome. Tony cool. was there. And I went up to him. I said, listen, I got to tell you a story real quick. He had a glass of wine. He was relaxed. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Super nice. And I don't know. Like, I don't get starstruck that much. But he's like, he's Tony Hawk, you know. And I'm like, we had a magazine uh, in Delaware County. Uh, You came and did a a tour in 89. He's like, yeah, I got to remember, you know, trying to kind of be nice, you know. And I said, we sent you a hundred and some questions and you filled out every one I don't expect you to remember this but I just want to shake your hand and say thank you and I got a picture standing next to him and he was like that's awesome he's like oh man he's like do you still have it I'm like yeah <laughs> it's in a lockbox I said and you actually have your legal uh, sign- your full name legally signed on it he's like "Yeah." Keep that to yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's the cool thing. Like you guys, he does answer every single question in this. And I love it because you guys even throw a word association yeah, in there. We for do that him. in the
1: magazine. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. And he's totally game. Like he he answers everything. And even right down to like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite animals? Favorite animal by the Tony Hawk's favorite animal, by the way, is a cat. Um, you know, and like you, you just answer, like you ask him a whole bunch of stuff, but I think some of the cool questions that are in there really kind of give you like, you know, sort of a window into what's going on with Tony Hawk at the time. Like it's kind of a window of to what he was feeling about skateboarding at the time in his career. And like, I think one of the interesting things that you guys ask him about is, you know, um, you know, what's wrong with with contests about, you know, skate contests at this time? And, like, he says, like, there's just, you know, organization, hassles. Like, he really just likes to focus on skating and sort of, you know, not all of the celebrity stuff that comes with it. And that's the vibe that he's kind of given in this interview.
1: I think so. And I think that we got him at the right time. I think that he had to – this was therapeutical for him to to, to write this stuff down, I feel. Because you didn't see interviews like this in Thrasher or Trans World with him. Yeah. You know, this – this was deeper. I felt I felt anyway. I felt it was deeper. and I think that he might have had to answer some of these hard questions, you know, th- go through the process in his own mind and sit there, have the time to actually write everything like you know answer every question and, and, and take and put some thought into it. There's just not one word answers, you know.
0: No, I think one of the my favorite is um, number 104. any advice you would like to give to the young skaters out there and Tony answers, don't get frustrated, only compete with yourself. And it's, like, such good advice. And, I, you know, I, I kind of agree. Like, when you get asked those types of questions about yourself, it does make you kind of think about yeah. it, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a, f- a reflection there. You know, you take some time and y- you look into the question, too. You know, and I think that's what he did.
0: So I think one of the best things that is um, some insight into what's going on with him is, you know, the the quote that he ends with, which is, our tour van is a nightmare. Like, <laughs> I'm
1: sure. Yeah, yeah, there was a funky smell coming out of that yeah.
0: <laughs> But this is so cool. So, tell me where, you know, you guys get the, the interview back. It's great. Like, are there any questions that, like, you guys, when you read through this, that really stood out for you that you can remember? Any answers that you guys, you guys like, might have said, like, that's really cool.
1: Well, I think it's just, it, it's, it's his ability to um, articulate, and, and and also think about like there's 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 he's talking about the date and finals like he you know he's he's thinking about contests. Did I do well in this contest? Like he's just, I I'm I, just looking at it now. I, you know, it's just yeah, I mean
0: yeah. In the contest, there's one answer that he gives that I think is really cool, which is, you know, do you get? I think you guys asked like, do you get bummed out if you don't win a contest? And his answer was. I only get bummed out if I didn't skate my best. Right. Like I, I don't care, you know, about the winning. It's like I really just want to skate my best, and you get sort of a sense of where his focus is.
1: And I felt uh, so much better about my skating after this came back because reading this, you know, you're your toughest critic, you know, and and and, and Tony, you know, he just wants to skate as, as best as he can without any outside noise or anything like that. So just getting like just reading the questions here seeing some of the answers to the questions. I'm like, wow, this guy's he's he's, he's tough on himself, but he also kind of knows that it's skateboarding and there's a, there's a, there's a tomorrow, you know, and so just keep working, keep practicing, you know. It's that kind of commitment that I I really appreciate it from the interview.
0: Yeah, it is such a cool interview and I feel like Needs to come out of that duffel bag, Chris. And it needs to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Get published somewhere. Did you guys end up publishing this in the zine? It was not
1: the zine. It was in our last magazine. So
0: So. your last published zine, and this is the interview that's in there. Yeah, yeah. What kind of feedback did you guys get from the community about the interview?
1: I think it wasn't as strong as it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The views on Tony Hawk were he was the GOAT, and he was winning every contest. And I think people kind of got a little tired of that, you know, and they maybe at that point didn't want to hear from the best skater. They wanted to hear from from somebody finishing third or fourth, because or, he was just, he was all over the place, you know. Um, now that interview came out, it would be awesome, you know. So, But yeah. at the time, I think that people were just kind of, I, I don't want to that they were just, they've seen him already so many times, you know, so... But for us, we we're like, this is Tony Hawk, you know, you know, and skateboarding was was changing then too. So I mean, street skating was becoming uh, more popular and things like that. And, and Tony was uh, and vert and you know, so I don't think it reached as many people at the time as it should have.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that you guys were almost like you were totally ahead of your time. Yeah. On this, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely, because I mean, we, we knew he was he is he is the face of skateboarding. Yeah. So.
0: So, we're going to take a quick break and um, we'll be right back after this message. Are you interested in helping Delco get a new ADA accessible all wheels concrete skate park? Please go to the Delco Skate Park Coalition website at www.skatedelco.org to find out more about current Delco skate park projects, events, and how you can help support the Delco Skate Park Coalition's mission all right so welcome back and so we were talking about the atomic zine and the tony hawk interview which is super cool so chris i'm just you know struck by that one of the coolest things is this tony hawk interview goes into the last uh, issue of the zine so what ended up happening with the zine
1: well uh, skateboarding um really collapsed in the 90s the early 90s um especially in Delaware county it just wasn't the the crews weren't there the kids weren't there anymore it was it was it was uh like tumble tumbleweeds yeah, weeds across kinda, some of the some of the places we used to skate you know and so.
0: that that happens like nationwide i feel like
1: uh I, I actually just watched a documentary about how the industry almost collapsed yeah and, and if it's happening in california the East Coast is going to get hit a hit lot harder. We couldn't... It's tough to get boards and, and, you know, and I would skate miles to, to maybe find some kids in a parking lot to skate with. Like, it was just... It was it was frustrating. So the magazine, um, me and Jason kept kind of coming up with ideas. Maybe we can do another one. But we the other guys just weren't... They just kind of... You know, I was frustrated at the time, but I understand now. It, it was the age, and they were moving on to other things. So they weren't part of it. So... It, me and Jason knew we couldn't tackle it ourselves, you know. So and yeah. it was hard to, to get, pull new people in with this idea of keeping the magazine. So it kind of, it fizzled out in the early 90s. So.
0: so when you guys started to feel like it was, you know, the, the zine was fizzling out, did you end up, and I think at the time, right, you, you said you were getting ready to go off to college yourself. Like you were you were making some changes. You guys were all kind of... Out of your adolescence, moving into your twenties,
1: and it was a scary time because it was you, you, you're planning for things. But I wanted skateboarding to always be a part of it. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's not. You don't have the you don't have the crew. You don't have the, you know the people around skating anymore. And it's kind of like what what do I do now? Kind of thing. And and um, so like I just used some some of the skills I had th- for the magazine, t- taking some classes in college for photography. Um, also, just you know. We would, we would screen print our own t-shirts at the atomic age you know so we we had like this kit and whatever and I kind of it, it I figured you know what I like doing this you know maybe I'll go in this direction and uh, that's how I got into the screen printing and um, that kind of stuff but it was just it was just trying to find people was to skate with was very difficult because skating alone sucks
0: it yeah does. yeah it
1: does I mean I didn't mind when I was younger and I was trying to get my tricks together and everything like that and go to hey the guy guys I learned this you know and that. but like when you're just skating from Yadin to Drexel Hill to see if anybody's skating behind Garriford School, and there's nobody there, and it's like you have to go. Oh God, I got to go all the way back home now, and everything. And that's that's what was happening in the industry right at that time, you know. So,
0: so it was a really discouraging time. I think yeah. that was also the time nationally when they were starting to tear down the skate parks that yes. they were built in the 70s, and yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a dark time skateboarding yeah. history. Um, what ends up happening with your friendship with Jason?
1: Uh, Jason and I always stayed close. He was, um, he, he was, we were different in a lot of ways. Like the summers, he had a shore house in Seattle city and he would go down there and he'd come back as the tannest person I've ever seen in my life. And he had friends that were like into like this strange kind of Debbie Gibson kind of music and everything. And he really was into this freestyle music. So what Jason did was he used his skills from the atomic age. He started a freestyle magazine. Like he went, he was in Vanilla Ice's house interviewing Vanilla Ice. Like, that's amazing. On his property, interviewing him. So he, like he, he kept up with that. Like he, he was so business about things, and that's you know he was he was like the skateboarding thing is not worked for me, Chris, but I got this other thing. I was like, cool, you know that, that's great, D- do it, you know. So it's like we all, we stayed in contact for for uh, you know for all those years even though skateboarding wasn't the thing that we were doing together.
0: So know? as you guys both transition into like, you know, adulthood, going into your 20s, the skills that you developed from putting together the atomic mm-hmm. scene and creating that are both skills you take with you into adulthood and become kind of your work focus.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, it, it taught me. I thought we were just doing it for fun and it ended up being, a, you know, a life skill.
0: Yeah. So did you keep in touch with Jason throughout your twenties?
1: I was in touch with Jason for until he passed in 2011. Like we talked a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So Jason
0: um, passed away in 2011. He was diagnosed.
1: Yes, he was diagnosed with colon cancer in 2005, um, and it was a. Uh, he gave it a, a great fight. So um, he was my best friend. So, yeah. It's tough. I mean, um, because technology was coming along. Yeah. and we and he still loves skateboarding he, i was out doing it he was on the sidelines a bit with it but he still loved it. and we figured hey maybe we can do an online scene like in 2007-8 you know he was you know going through treatment and everything but he's like you know this, this you know there's this myspace thing and you know <laughs> yeah. he's like this is great this is exactly what we i wish we would had in the mid 80s you know and um so we had. Right, because
0: you guys put it together with like no technology none, at all. None at all. It's none
1: p- at all. I mean, that is just bare bones. Like a
0: Xerox machine <laughs> yeah, right. your, and yeah, a yeah, typewriter. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And some liquid stuff. So <laughs> then
0: in the 2000s, like you're starting to see the possibilities and you're starting yeah, to talk yeah, about Yeah, and skateboarding
1: that. was going up again. You know, there's a lot of really good things happening. The X Games came to Philadelphia, which was huge. Jason used his atomic credentials from the late 80s to get us passes. We were able to be like, we were. At, it was at City Hall. We were able to stand in City Hall in the middle. I was taking photos of this stuff. Some of the photos are in there. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe we're not behind the barriers. We're actually right here. Like I could, I skated the course because I had I had a pass. We got into the Wells Fargo Center where they had the indoor the the motorbikes and the big ramp and everything like that. And we're in the suite. Like Jason just had this way to you know just barge into things. You know so. But. So,
0: how surreal must that have been for you guys? Like all these years later, and then you know, it, it, you're in Philadelphia as adults. You're using your credentials yeah. as the Atomic zine to like get back into things, and you know, Jason's kind of the, like the same story with the hippie and the ramp. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he was just amazing that way that he was able to to get people to to do things that maybe they didn't want to do, you know? Yeah. I mean, he got these 14-year-old kids, 15-year-old kids to work on this magazine. Instead of going out and doing whatever we could have been doing, we were doing this. So, but uh, just a great individual.
0: So, when you guys started to think about, like, what direction things might have gone in in the Mm mid-2000s, Jason's getting sick, Mm -hmm. um, was there anything that, you know, he he was still looking to work on or thinking about direction-wise that... That you think you might have gone with?
1: He was um, he was actually thinking about uh, starting a website that would bring all this stuff to life again, showing that there was a that we had a past, and there's that there's going to be a future with atomic, and you know it. We had ideas, and we're still, and there still wasn't. And there still wasn't great places to go to skate at that time, you know. So we, so we were just kind of like, we'd go talk to some kids. What's going on? You know, I mean, we're still getting the magazine subscriptions, but like, what's going on in Delaware County right now? Like, what's, where are the spots? Where can we go and pull up and talk to some kids and maybe start Team Atomic with some younger kids? Like this was this was a process that we were actually starting to do, but you know, it just it didn't work out. And um, but it was the idea was there. Yeah. Like, use the internet. You know, you here. Here's the thing. Use the internet. Let's do it. You know. So.
0: So you think that there might be, you know, if there's a legacy here for Jason and for all the work that you did, and there's so much here. I mean, you know, if you could see the dining room table right now in you know our auspicious recording studio here, which is my dining room, but you know, if you could see this, like all these amazing photos and the Tony Hawk interview and like these contest flyers and mm-hmm. all the work I mean, you guys what, what, put
1: into What a time it. capsule, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That that needs a, a place for everyone to see it. But this is like the, the Delaware County history of skating. Yeah. You know, and I, and I'm
1: hoping as this skateboarding is in a really good place right now. It really is. And I'm hoping that with more parks getting built, with more parks getting built, that um, maybe this stuff can be shown at to the kids. And, or the other thing is, which, which we're getting a lot of older guys who, who put it away for a long time, yeah. you know, and they're coming out, the, the park in Havertown, they're coming out on Sunday mornings instead of going golfing or playing softball, you know, they're like, they wanna roll around again, you know, so it's cool, you know, and, and, and I feel that the, the magazine was a part of that for, for, for some people. It's
0: the foundation, I think, yeah, for definitely for a lot of people and bringing the skate community together. And I think what you're saying about getting parks built is a great way to kind of transition into, like, the next step going Mm -hmm. forward, which is it's 2022, and Delaware County still doesn't have a concrete skate park.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you look around, you look at these manicured um, Little League fields. You look at um, indoor basketball courts, racquetball courts. It's all in a facility. I'm still playing ice hockey at my age in a men's league. And I play in Aston, and there's four rinks in the facility. I mean, growing up, we had one in Havertown, the skating. There's four rinks, and it's like, well, give the skateboarders somewhere to go. You know, give give them a place to go where they can work on their, their tricks. And it, a lot of these parks are built by skateboarders. They have these great visions of, you know, how to, like, you know, put this rail here, put this ledge here, you know, and – you go there, and it's like like the players are on the, are on the baseball field. The basketball players are on the court. Ice hockey is on ice. Let the skateboarders be in the park, you know? So,
0: When you think about a concrete skate park for Delaware County, tell me what that would have meant for the five of you if you'd had something like that. It
1: would have, It would have meant a whole lot, a whole lot, because it would have given us a safer space than being out on the streets, it would have also given us um, the opportunity. Yeah, because
0: when you were out on the streets, like people who were grown adults were just—you guys are just kids on skateboards, and people are throwing stuff at you. Yeah, yeah, or harassing. yelling, or
1: it was, it, it, yeah. And this, this is a place where you go, and you're around all your mates, your friends. You know, it, it's it's the guys, it's the girls, and you're there, and and you you know you, you're finding a new way to do something on this obstacle, and you just you use the park as as a tool to really like. Just grow your skateboarding. And, and I, I just think it's something that's definitely needed. I do. Yeah. And, and if we had it, it would have been awesome. It would have been it would have been just amazing. And I, th- I think that it would have kept some of those guys around a little bit longer, too. I'm sure they got tired of skating five miles to go into a parking lot or something, you know? So if they had those, those amenities, it would have been different.
0: How about, you know, just in terms of developing your skills? Because you guys are putting together... You know, a lot of DIY ramps, but at the time, like, that was what you had, and you put together some really good ramps. But I think, you know, in terms of being able to develop your skills in a concrete park versus some DIY ramps, what would that have meant in terms of you guys being able to take your skateboarding to another level?
1: I think that um, probably would have meant sponsorship, Yeah. you know, and and more ways into the industry because uh, they're the tool. They're the things that you need. You need, like, we would build these ramps, but we couldn't keep them anywhere. We had to get up and move them and move them to this place. And, the, the, you know, the ground's different in this one spot. You want to put this ramp out or whatever. But a concrete part stays there. You know, it's, it's there. And so. But and if I, we have a help.
0: concrete park here, you know, I think uh, the next Olympic skater could come out of Delaware County. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. What about, like, you know, just in terms of um, – you know, the the trend now is really to look at, at skate spaces as being more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the skate pa- spaces in California are now, you know, not just utilized by skateboarders, but utilized by adaptive athletes the people in wheelchairs now, and yeah. really inclusive spaces. Do you think that... Um, you know, that's something as somebody who's been involved in skateboarding as long as you have. Do you think that's kind of the future here is having these ADA accessible parks where you have, you know, all wheels?
1: Yeah. And and uh, on a trip to the West Coast, we stopped in Vegas and I skated the North Vegas skate park. And there was a, a, a wheelchair in a wheelchair ripping like just yeah. yeah the helmet and me and my buddy Pete were standing there we're like whoa that's amazing you know and get to talk to him and you know and he's he's sponsored and all this stuff and I'm just like and then we he had a um, an Instagram page that we looked at later and he's just oh it's it's great and that's the thing and here's the other thing there wasn't many female skateboarding in 1985 I have Don't to I give a it? shout out the girls are amazing right now it's like you, you know you go there and it's just like oh my God, you know this is, this is great. You know, it's like all of these. It's just different now. It's 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 not so much like oh you, you, we're just skating with my crew. We're just doing, it's like everybody's involved now. You get the wheelchairs in there. You get the girls. Like it's just awesome. You know, it's just, it's in such a good place right now. But the park, yes, the park needs to be built because so many it, it, maybe just not skateboards, but anybody can go there and ride. They want to ride quads. Just have fun. You know.
0: Yeah. I think that, you know, the other thing that is um, newer now, I, I don't know, it, it, There, this wasn't accessible to me when I was growing up and mm-hmm. skating. I mean, it was just, you know, the idea of having a skate park where there are clinics and yeah. there's, you know, programming for kids and all that can be done now if you build the skate park.
1: My niece is um, in Delaware is uh, going to a skate camp at the YMCA. Like, that's just cool to me. Like, you know, and it's it's run by Kinetic Skate Shop in Delaware. And I know Ben from Kinetic, he, he does a lot. He does a lot for the community in Delaware. And I know that this is what you guys are planning on doing. But it's just really nice to have that backing. I mean, it, it is. It, 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 it matters. It does. So yeah, so, yeah, just let's get it done.
0: I totally agree so I think you know it's it's come a long way I mean it's come like from because we're pretty close in age Mm -hmm. like from when we were kids like you're out with your skateboard always needing to maybe run away or hide or Mm -hmm. something because someone's you know gonna give you a hard time to where we're at now where you can grow up and feel you know like this is a sport this is you can take this somewhere now so you know one of the things that we want people to do is really support this mission of the Delco skate park coalition which is to get a concrete skate park in Delco and I know this is an obvious question, but Chris, how overdue is it, Delaware County, for having a concrete skate park?
1: Uh, it's 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 way overdue. I mean, it's it, it's something that if it ha- when it happens, and hopefully happens soon, you'll you'll see it. You'll see a difference. The kids will go there. They'll be able to you know to be in this space, and you're not you're not ripping up somebody's curb anymore, or finding these places spot where you get you get kicked out. This is for them. You know, this is for them. You got to take care of the youth. It's so important. You know It is, and and even old guys and, and girls who want. Because you still skate? I do. Yeah, I did this morning. So. <laughs> right. so, but I go early so that when the kids come.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Definitely get but, in there I early. Mean, yeah, it, it
1: it it needs to be done. And I I know I don't know where are you guys now with as far as. The park,
0: so we have some great stuff happening. You know, we're looking at Upper Darby mm-hmm. as a potential site where we have a new build, uh, concrete skate park happening in Toby Farms, which is in Chester Township. Okay. And we're just going to keep rolling. Oh, you know, there's a lot of interest. I think that's the thing that has been, you know, kind of like what. And this interest isn't new; it's been there for years. It has. But you know, we start to do an event, the the turnout always exceeds what we expect.
1: Right, and and I, and I will say this too. I, I'm just going back on something. Um, just running into some of the some of the guys that I knew from high school or growing up, they'll come to me and they'll be like, "Chris, my son wants to buy a skateboard." But where do they go? I don't want to put them. I I know the stuff that you went through. I mean, these are like. We called them jocks, whatever. The, but friends, I I try to have as many friends as I could, and they'd be like, "So my my son or daughter wants to ride a skateboard. Which, what do you have a shop in mind? But where do they go to skate?" And I'm like, uh, "Well, there's a couple places, but there should be more." And and they they say the same thing. They we need more places. There's got to be more options. There has to be more options because you know diff, different parks have different obstacles. So you you know you. You go to one park, you do one thing, you go to another, but there has to be more options.
0: They really do. It's a really populated county. I think people sometimes forget just how populated Delaware County is. It's one of the most populated counties in the state of Pennsylvania, and we can build these parks. It's it's totally doable to build these parks.
1: Yeah, it takes a village, you know, so the more people, the merrier. It
0: takes a coalition.
1: There it is, that coalition. (laughs) Coalition's awesome.
0: Um, Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and for talking with us about skate parks, about the history of the Atomic Zine, and about your experience as a skateboarder. And, you know, it was just great to hear your story.
1: Oh, it, was, it was awesome to tell, and um, I'm hoping that you guys you guys are doing great work. I, I want to commend you. You guys are doing awesome stuff. And it's something that back in 85, if – you would have told Jason and I that this was happening now, we'd have a tear in our eye because that's the direction that skateboarding needs. It needs more parks in Delaware County. These yeah. kids need to ride. They need the parks. If but thank you
0: too. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. If you think that there was something that, you know, Jason would want in a park, like what would he what would he want to see as part of a park if we get something built, you know?
1: He would, he, he would, it would have to be concrete <laughs> and he would want a mellow bowl.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
1: maybe like four feet high. He didn't get into the big stuff. So, yeah. you know, so that's probably what he would want. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it.
0: If you want to find out more about the mission of the Delco Skate Park Coalition, or if you'd like to be a part of our podcast, go to www.skatedelco.org. And thanks for listening.